0: What is up, good people? Welcome to Music Mostly, the podcast where we celebrate the music that is important to us. Thank you so much for joining us. Our intention is to inspire you to spend a little more time listening to music. First and foremost, shout out to the very good people in the service and hospitality industries. These people are out there working hard to bring you a little bit of the good life. So do them a solid. Pick up after your kids, be kind, tip like a rock star, and don't be a dick. You guys got anything to add to that? You said it, man. It's time to
1: talk about music. It's time to talk about life. We're real and real and five, And yes, we know you're gonna like. We got some tasty hot takes. And the gems we just had to kick. So sad, up, good people. While it's ever.
0: All right, I'm your host, my name is Will Olson, and I am ecstatic, as always, to be joined by my good friend and regional icon, Mr. James Raymond Scott. Hello, Jimbo. Hi, hi. Hi, hi, indeed. Heidi-ho. Hi, oh, neglectorinos. And we're <laughs> we are joined by audio engineer and jingle master, Mr. Brian Gardner. How are you today, Brian?
2: Hello, very good, thank you.
0: You are welcome. I <laughs> I, I speak for both that. of us when I say, you're welcome.
1: I, can't, I oh. can't think of what Simpsons character that was, but I know it was in there. Hi, <laughs> very good, thank you.
0: I <laughs> don't recall saying good luck. Before we get going... I'd like to remind you that we tweet the playlists to our shows a few days before the episode drops So you have a chance to listen to the music that we'll be talking about today So follow us on Twitter at Music Mostly Pod Conversely, you can go on Spotify and follow our listener profile Which is different from the show, it's so convoluted Anyway, onward Dudes, I was 10 years old the first time I bought a record with my own money, on my own Technically, it was a cassette tape, not a record. It was 1988. I went to a record store near the campus of the College of William & Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. I don't remember the name of the store. It was one of those small, independent places you always find near a college campus. I tried to look it up, but I don't think it survives streaming audio. And looking up, quote, record store Williamsburg, end quote, leads to a lot of hipster nonsense about Brooklyn. anyway. There I was. I had saved my money, and I was looking for something very specific. You have specific tastes when you're 10, and I was there for one thing and one thing only. Now, good people, I wish I could tell you I was there to buy License to Ill or Appetite for Destruction or Tougher Than Leather, but I was not. I wasn't cool. I didn't have an older sibling or cousin who taught me how to punch above my weight class, musically speaking. No, I was there for the newest release from the coolest guy putting out music that spoke to me. I Was There for Even Worse by Weird Al Yankovic. and I, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I, I put the, that right in the category of all those other records <laughs> you mentioned, by the way. Just, I played the crap out of this album. This is what, the one that has the parody of Bad by Michael Jackson. It's called Fat. The first line on the album is, your butt is wide, while mine is two. Buying 4 for 10-year-olds. It has not one, but two parodies of covers by notable artists. Moni Moni by Tommy James and the Shondells, but in the style of Billy Idol's cover? Check. It's called Alimony. First she took the nest egg, then she took the nest. Think We're Alone Now by Tommy James and the Shondells, but in the style of Tiffany's cover? Check. It's called I Think I'm a Clone Now. Born in a science lab late one night without a mother or a father. Just a test tube and a womb with a view. ha, <laughs> ha. Let me stop there before I spend the entire evening talking about this album. That's not why we're here, not this time anyway. The point of this memory is not that I love this album, which I did. It's that I can still remember walking into that store. I can still remember looking for that tape. Was it under A for Al, W for weird, E for even worse? Inquisitive minds needed to know. You see 10 year old me, 10 years old for me was the beginning of a magical phase of life. I was a late bloomer. It was when everything was new and exciting. When you're 10, you haven't done anything. There are so many firsts, and the first time you do anything is magical, and you remember it, and I remember buying that tape. What was your first concert? The first one without your parents in the building. Mine was Vanilla Ice to the Extreme World Tour, 1991, the Hampton Coliseum in Hampton, Virginia. I was 12 or 13, probably 13. We went to Chili's right before, my first and unfortunately not last time dining at a Chili's. I always feel way too full after I leave at Chili's. Like, way more full than you should feel for the amount of food you ate. Anyway, childhood and magic. Fast forward 30 years, and I have an 8-year-old daughter myself. She's coming up on that magical period of her life. She's listening right now, and she's awkwardly uncomfortable, as I get when I remember listening to Vanilla Ice describe in detail what Aroni was before he started beatboxing. For, For those of you scratching your heads, Vanilla Ice had a beatbox track on his album. It's called Having Aroni. Roni is a girl. It's a throwback to Bobby Brown's song, Roni, from his album, Don't Be Cruel. Bobby Brown's Roni has 18 million plays on Spotify. Vanilla Ice's Having a Roni has 258,192. 258,193 now. You're welcome, Robert Van Winkle. Where the <laughs> hell am I going with this? Children's music. All of this got me thinking of children's music. I listen to a lot of it now. At least I did. My kid has grown now. She has her own device, her own Spotify. Eight. She is Eight. Anyway, I think about, about the magical part of my life when my kid was young. Too young to have any say in what music I played. I just needed to make sure it was child-appropriate, or at least not child-inappropriate. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Or try to, anyway. I think we've established that this night may go a little off the rails. The sun is a massive
3: incandescent castle dragon.
0: But before we get to that, Jimbo, what have you been listening to?
1: In keeping with uh, being along the lines of uh, what we uh, are going to be talking about tonight, I was at a live show over the weekend in my hometown at the Red Barn, and it was a Halloween party. And the band, the opening band rather, uh, played... Um, a, a cover of Scooby Doo theme, and nice. I thought to myself, you know, a lot of the stuff. And we'll talk about this later, but a lot of the stuff I remember from when I was a kid and music that stuck with me were TV show themes, uh, cartoons, yeah. oh, and stuff like that. So many you know? good ones. Sure. I and mean, I have a lot more to say about this, but uh, that and then uh, the work. I got to tell you, the the the, uh, the Green Star playlist came through for me big time today when that sort of, I can't think what the name of the track is, but it's off the Blade Runner soundtrack. So it's Vangelis or Evangelis or however you say it. Um, but it's the Sexy Sax one. You know what I'm talking about? From from the Blade Runner soundtrack. Somebody slipped that onto the the, the playlist of Green Star and I just, I couldn't focus. I was so delighted. <laughs> I don't know how many mistakes I made in that moment. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. So I've been listening to a lot of stuff, but those are things that are standing out right now.
0: Nice. Brian, what you been listening to?
2: I have been listening to uh, Vampire Weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, the record Father of the Bride, specifically. Because uh, I kept hearing this song, Harmony Hall. And if you're not familiar, it's an amazing track. Beautiful song. Uh, but I was always a little lukewarm on Vampire Weekend, I feel like, and I decided to listen to that since
0: I hadn't I, heard it before. I always get them confused in my mind with My Bloody Valentine, even though they sound nothing like My Bloody No, Valentine. yeah, no, I get them oh, confused
1: yeah. with um, Arcade Fire. I don't know why.
0: Oh, like Sonically?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess I they like kind of came into the them name. both at the same time, yeah, yeah.
2: So, okay, so this is a thing then, because I confused them for a long time with Arctic Monkeys.
1: Yeah, they're all like oh, they're also yeah. very
2: different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got well in the same sense when I heard the song, I didn't know it was Vampire Weekend. I had to investigate, and it's a really great album. It's all over the place, but in a really good way. There's like country shit and some like baroque
1: esque stuff. Yeah, all built around beautiful pop,
0: and it's wonderful. And it's wonderful. <laughs>
1: I put a lot of time in on that one record. There's something about uh, something undead in the city or something like that. But it's head that boo doo 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 doo. Hey, hey, hey! To me, yeah. that was oh, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of songs in that record that sounded like leftovers from Graceland. And then there was also that song. It, I think. Like it, Paul it, Simon's Graceland. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it does. Okay. There's right. a lot of it in there. And then, yeah, there's
2: a lot of Paul Simon going on with this stuff.
1: Yeah, but there's but also that particular song. I think that's like dangerously close to a um an uh, uh, English beat song. There's like an- Oh, Eng- yeah. Um, There's an English beat song. It's I, like so close to I that. I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's got even the similar hey, hey's in it and stuff like that. Anyways. Yeah,
2: what song is that? The, uh, shit. Yeah, never mind. Anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been listening to, let's see, I listened to a little Billy Idol this morning. Nice. Um,
1: oh, God. Eyes right, oh Without my. a Face?
0: Yeah. <laughs> of course. Possible kind of question is that and then um (laughs) what's the song right after it is hot in the city tonight oh yeah yeah i forgot about that i forgot i forgot all about that and i didn't even realize that was him um i listened to more vanilla ice last night while i was prepping for this than i care to admit but i actually kind of forgot that like that album to the extreme not awful I will just say that. Yeah, I, I had it. I, I own it on cassette. I did. Um, I did not. Uh, it's it's better. I mean, it's it is a very good time capsule record. Like you listen to it, it sounds very much of the era in which it came out. Um, and uh, I mean, it's corny, but it's it's kind of funny.
1: Um, it's ridiculous. Eh. I. It's. Yeah. I. I. Here's how little I knew about that album. I was living in Miami Beach, and I walked into an extreme sports store called To the Extreme on Lincoln Road, and <laughs> discovered Vanilla Ice behind the counter at his own store that he owned. It was called To the Extreme, and I and, and it all suddenly came together for him. I'm like, wait a minute, you own this store? And he's like, yes, yeah, my store. I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell? So,
2: so and now I, he flips houses. So who,
0: dude? I uh, so I discovered last night that he has many albums, and he put one out called WTF in, like, the mid-teens. But anyway, on to the extreme, he has this song called Hooked, and it has this cool saxophone loop in it, which is actually not bad, but it's about um, a guy just being, like, head over heels in love with a girl and, and, like, quote, unquote, hooked. Anyway, on this WTF record, there's an unplugged, like, kind of, like, reworked, acoustic guitar version of that song where it's sung instead of rapped and it's it's delightful.
3: Okay. It's, okay. <laughs> like okay. If, if, if you listen to
0: it. that album as many times okay, as I did, I did when that. I was 12 years old then then that was actually just really fun for me last night. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: All
0: right. Um yeah, that's what I've been doing with you know with my time. <laughs> there you
2: go. Well, at least you're being
0: productive. <laughs> um <laughs> all right. Okay, so Children's music uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages I do apologize uh, My daughter Evie was going to join us for a little bit of this show But she has too much homework and she can't But we're going to carry on without her And we're going to talk about children's music We're going to take a quick break Be right back Dinosaurs lived a long
1: time ago They were terrible lizards, don't you know? Some ate plants and some ate meat. Some ate fish and some ate beets. One was called a Diplodocus. One
2: was
0: bigger than your school bus. One was called a Triceratops. Three horns to stop... And we're back. We're talking about kids music this week, good people. Now, Jimbo, I have a question for you. What makes a song a kid's song and I guess, like, first, I, I want to talk like sonically. Like, what, you know, how like you hear something you're like that's a kid's song? Like, yeah. is there something about it that, something about the way it's written that makes it resonate that way? Or I think that
1: traditionally there is, but in recent years, uh, because, you know, the ears of the parents have changed as far as what the parents grew up on. Um, and what they listen to and the kids want to listen to similar sounding things to what the parents listen to, but things that kind of speak to them a little more. And, and so that I think that's why a lot of these records have come out. I think that really at this point, the only se- the only thing that separates adult music from kid music is for, it can't be scary. I mean, it can be scary to a certain extent. I mean, look at um, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's got some scary moments. It can be like spooky. Spooky, right. But, right. But lyrically, it has, to, it has to speak to children and uh, doesn't necessarily have to give a good message. I mean, I, have, I, have, I want to talk about this, too, but maybe later. But um, I, I think that uh, at this point, it's really lyric the, the, the lyrical content is the only separation between kids music and, and adult music. Within reason, of course. I mean, you don't, there's, I haven't heard anything that sounds like Slayer that's directed towards children, you know,
2: yet. Well, Jabba, I think we just stumbled upon something, so let's get on it. Kids metal? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Is that a thing? (laughs) Uh, Oh, we're going to make it a thing. Okay, I'm down. Um, But traditionally, yeah, it was all, you know, happy and was intended to, um, you know, uh, one of the things that pops in my head. Um, there was this commercial called, and it was, and it was a warning. It's called Mr. Yuck. You could get these stickers, these green stickers, um, that would, uh, go on. You'd put it, you'd get these green stickers. You put them on anything that was dangerous for kids. So kids saw this cartoon commercial, Mr. Yuck, Mr. Yuck. It was almost, he's a mean one, Mr. Grinch. It was a lot like that. And the Mr. Yuck sticker would go on like cleaning products and stuff. So kids would yeah. see the sticker and they wouldn't touch them because they saw the commercial. Cause it, The commercial had an animated child finding products and consuming them and then getting horribly sick, you know, and get X's over the eyes and stuff. Sick or (laughs) awesomely hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesomely. (laughs) It creates effect that's just wonderful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) More like like the robbers in A Christmas Story with, like, the X's over their eyes.
1: Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But like, uh, like dead, you're you know, but that was to serve <laughs> a purpose. This was to protect children from dangerous products. Um, but I think that if it, when, you know, as far as like, and again, I'm going to go to the TV thing. I think that a lot of like TV show themes and, uh, you know, that, that was kind of, they were supposed to be delightful and they were supposed to try and lure you in to a cartoon, you know, like clue club or like, um, I mean, I'm going, I'm going way back, but, um, you know even like uh, for me it the, was like
0: like inspector gadget like that yeah. song is catchy as hell
1: yeah yeah uh the um, G, the well, gi joe theme
0: yeah
1: teenage mutant ninja turtles come on
2: oh yeah what about so i feel like instrumentation has a lot to do with it and okay. like using specific instruments such as um well you have your kind of classic standard like if you think of slide whistle just like yeah like, like literally slide whistle here comes like a glockenspiel anything with like fun chimey things um, a lot of bright pianos things like that where it, kids music tends to to incorporate this stuff or at least in the traditional sense where now what jimbo said where it kind of now there's almost no real difference between the music itself but it, there's always, like, those little threads of things that, like, just are common, I, I feel like, where it's, like, it, it, the, like, the little, like, rattle thing, like the, you know, oh, you hit yeah. certain thing. you know. Uh, I always just felt like that had a common place in, in children's music.
0: Do you think it's, like, a... There's, like, a silliness yeah.
2: to it. Yeah. yeah. And... It's a lighthearted
0: feel. Um... And often, like, literal humor. You know, yeah. like, where it's just very explicitly funny. Um, dad jokey. Yep. yep. But, like... <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Like, it just... I, I guess we get into the content. I mean, if the content is really what separates children's music from not children's music... I, I, I mean, it tends to be pop music. Like... um Kids bop kids like where they take have right. you guys like I've I've listened to a lot of kids bop kids where they take current pop songs but they reworked the right they, re- they reworked the lyrics um, to make them age appropriate and they kind of like they're they're sung by kids so obviously like your kid hears it and and they are like oh that's a kid singing and I, I kind of feel like now looking at it through the eyes of my daughter like a lot of it is like. You want the children to, like, take ownership of it. Like, this is something that is mine, and my parents don't like it because it's for kids, but I'm a kid, so it's mine. Yeah, I had the anti-parent thing. And and so I wonder if that part of of what makes children gravitate towards something that's silly is that adults typically don't gravitate towards things that are silly um, because it's seen as childish so, yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead, Jimbo. You look like you're going to say
1: something. I, I did, but I was also wanted to say something else that's not exactly along the lines of what you're talking about. So, I agree well, with you what can you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. I think that probably there is like an ownership of it that, that um, helps kids be like, all right, I'm putting my music on now, you know? Um, the thing I was going to say is when Brian was talking about the Glockenspiel or like a toy piano or something like that, it doesn't take much. You just a couple of blue notes, or like a chromatic thing, or you know, just or, or you know, just suddenly going to a minor key, or like laughing children in the background, and suddenly you've gone from kids music to some to horror music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in, in in a split second, it can happen because it, it it can be so damn creepy. Just all you have to do is just go in this one little. Chromatic thing, or just like some little blue note, or some note that's not right. Yeah, yeah, ding.
2: You know, like a little. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: You're like, whoa. So for for the lay people out there,
0: such as myself, what what is a blue
1: note? Blue note is something that falls outside of the key. A lot of times, it helps you get to somewhere else. Um, In other words, um, you may be walking to the note that's correct. But you hit one or two on the way that are not just because they're there in between the note you're playing. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and right. that's a blue note.
0: Okay. Sure.
1: They might be they're outside of the key, but you hit them anyways, because they're on the way. They're so you, the way. instead of going inside you- the key, you just chromatically walk to that other note. That's a blue note.
2: It makes okay. you feel all weird and sad.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um Is there anything else in in the research that you noticed uh, that makes, like, kids music kids? Like, so, let's just start getting into it. So, uh, Bare Naked Ladies have a kids album. It's called Snack Time. And this kind of goes along to the point that you're making, Jimbo, which is, like, the difference between a lot of the music on Snack Time and, like, one week is just the lyrical content. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no reason that one week couldn't be a kid song if they just wrote wrote it about something else.
1: Absolutely, but I don't feel that same way about other things that are on this the the, the playlist. Uh, I feel like the the, I think for that band and also for They Might Be Giants, it's not much of a stretch.
0: In fact, right, because they're kind of silly already.
1: Yeah, they are, and for They Might Be Giants, uh, especially. Um, you include, included a couple of uh, of songs on this playlist um, that are not off a kid's record. And by the way, oh, is, yeah. Istanbul, Not Constantin- Constantinople is not their song. It's written by early Irving Berlin, I believe. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from. I think it was probably a show or a movie. Yeah, it's uh, like
2: a show tune. Yeah, right. It's a
1: show tune. Istanbul, Not Constantinople is a definitely a cover. I think originally written by Irving Berlin, if I'm not mistaken. I meant to look it up and I didn't. Take
0: the time. Second-rate podcast. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I can I can find that out, but I, I want to say you're right. Yeah. But and uh, well,
0: it, and like Particle Man, that yeah. was not that was on Flood, right? Yeah. Um, but then their kids' records are awesome. Like yeah. here comes Science. Yep. Right. I mean, like so that was very obviously written to inspire children to something. Yeah. You know, and and. So it was it, that was written specifically for them and for for children by They Might Be Giants. Yeah, and and it kind of like I don't know. I, I saw them do a couple of songs from that when they played at the State Theater,
3: mm-hmm. and they Me played. Too.
0: So they have these two songs called um, "Why Does the Sun Shine" and then "Why Does the Sun yep. Really Shine." Yeah, it's so <laughs> and, good. It's so good. And when they when they played them live. They like in between. They explain. They're like, well, since we wrote the first song, <laughs> new science has come out, and then they might be giants. We only use the best science. And so, <laughs> Wait,
2: that's the one that's like the sun is a massive incandescent gas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the a first gigantic. one is like yeah, this yeah. really
0: fast, poppy, like almost like punky song. The sun, the sun is, is a is massive gas. Yeah. and, and like then a, uh,
1: ninety-three million degrees.
0: Yeah, a gigantic nuclear furnace. Yeah. But then, and then the next one is like a lounge song. It's like, The sun is a miasma of incandescent yeah. plasma.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because um, it's almost apologetic a little bit, like, Sorry, we got yeah. it wrong.
2: But. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> and it's but super what a great short way to too. Up just to be like, like, Well, yeah.
2: it's
0: just an amendment. You know, we, we'll
2: adapt <laughs> yeah. with the times. Well, they, the song's they have still good, song, but here's uh, the,
0: the, uh, the version that actually makes sense. You need a test. That one's really good. I don't know if that's the title of it, but it's like, it's like, if you have an idea, then you need a test. And it's like just about the scientific method. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so it's, also,
1: it's also interesting that they have um, songs not off children's albums that are teaching adults about things. Like, for instance, James K. Polk. You know this one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. people know very little about that president, our 11th president, right? I mean,
2: really, yeah. Why, why until, would you really? until
1: you listen to that song, then you know everything there is to know. <laughs> it's like a complete lesson on a president we know nothing about, and it's so great. It's so it's such a great song. It's one of my favorite songs of theirs.
2: Well, here's the deal: like
0: well, we're, writing we're,
2: stuff like that, and specifically when you you introduce the 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 idea of like learning through song, there's an intelligence behind that is that. I have a hard time wrapping my head around because they are
1: geniuses. It's, it, it,
2: oh, it's, yeah. it, it's on the next level of songwriting because you're not just writing about how you feel or these things. It's like you have a point and and then you have to build the the story around it, which is is kind of a whole other thing. It's really cool.
1: It's like it's almost like songs like like data from Star Trek would would write songs like this, you know, a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that uh, James K. Polk was so uh non-noteworthy that he isn't even mentioned in the Simpsons song about the mediocre presidents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what do they call him? They call him James K. Polkart, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah. 11th president, but there's another one. Yeah. The savior of the something.
0: Well, they also have... um. Doctor Worm, I love that song. Oh, I love oh, that Dr. Song worm too. Oh, I mean, Doctor song. Worm is a fantastic song. I'm interested in things.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real worm. I'm a worm. <laughs> I, to I play am the an drums. actual
0: worm. <laughs> How the hell he did you he play the drums? That I'm aware. He like arms. A <laughs> um, so, yeah, like so, those are obviously bands that that have uh, catalogs of adult music, and then they choose. To write these children's records, which I, I I guess, like, in my heart of hearts, I, I just like to believe that it's because they probably had kids, or at least one of them did, and was like, hey, I just want to write a record for my kid. Um, maybe I don't not. I know if it's much of
2: a stretch, though, between what they were already doing. I mean, you look at stuff like how, like, Mark Mothersbaugh got into stuff with, like, Devo. It's like, yeah, I could totally see where that's coming from. Like, they already were... In a space where if you just change a few things,
1: uh, well, you're right. He, there. What is it? What's the um, animated thing he wrote all
2: the music for? R- was uh, it was
0: Rugrats, right?
2: Rugrats, yeah. Rugrats. Yeah. Well, yeah. dude, he does so many.
0: He does so much amazing
2: stuff. things. The the Lego Movie soundtrack. Oh, which really? I will Talk about at some point is is phenomenal. Um, the, the, actually the, the the song off of it, which isn't Mark Mothersbaugh, but everything else is is also really really good. That's a, that's a fantastic.
1: Body of work for I'm gonna to have to get, get a, give it a sit down
0: and then there's this uh there's the guy from the President of the United States of America. My brother is really into his children's yeah, stuff like the which Casper baby is pants. casper baby pants um, <laughs> which is it's uh, really good it's really good and and it's like he started writing it. I may have this wrong, but his wife draws. Pictures and he started writing. Like I think she puts out <sighs> books, and he started writing the songs to go with the art and the books. She's like That's a ch- children's, children's book art illustrator, something like that. Okay, second rate podcast, but um <laughs> but that stuff's really good. And uh, it's just another. I, I don't know. Like I, the cynic in me is like, well, <clears throat> if you, if you can get a. It's a lot easier to sell a million records if you can get a million kids to want the record.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, and
0: honestly... You, <laughs> but I, I think don't it, think that's it, though. Because it's hard. Like, this, not like... To your point, Brian, it's not like making this music is any easier than making adult music. No.
1: In fact, it might be harder.
0: I mean, it seems like there's probably some constraints that you don't have when you're writing right. adult music.
1: I really, yeah. I really want to take a stab at it because I, I think that... I think that it, it, once you get something that's funny and clever, that then you've got that hook for the kids, and I think, or in, and for adults, and um, I think that uh, it, it's, it. I think because you don't get caught up in your head about like how you feel about stuff and depression and all that weird fucking shit that happens in like adult music. You know, you don't get yeah. caught up in the problems of adults. You know, it's like. You've been there. You've been a kid. You've watched children grow up. You know, you get what they go through. It's easy. I think it's easier. I, I, I think it's easier for to write children. I mean, clearly it is for these people. It's not hard. They're doing a fucking hell of a job.
2: You know? I think the most convincing thing is is if it's like written through an experience as a, a child or basically just telling stories.
1: Yeah. Like yeah.
2: you're kind of just telling a story about something.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to use an example. Okay. Um, when grandma says no by the verve pipe. Now, yeah. this is not a good lesson to teach a child because it's basically manipulating the different, um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, your different guardians, again, pitting them against themselves, each other. Yeah,
0: playing mom against dad. Playing mom you know, against dad you know, and that's then some, going to that grandma. That struggle because is real
1: because grandma but that's like a real thing though that's like a legit experience. Huge, yeah, it's a huge bad thing like, in probably a lot of children's and, and parents' lives, you know.
2: 100%. Well, ah. I was dude, I I kind of had a weird thing with that when I was younger. Not in like a bad way, but it was just like like, well, I can go here and know I can get, you know, the yeah. results I want more than,
0: you know. Oh, yeah, that's that is why so many Adults answer the question with, well, like, that's why, like, the most common answer to a question my kid asked me is, What did your mom say? Yeah. Because I I know what you're trying to do.
2: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, you you play, you got to play both sides. You got, you have two opportunities here. You got to try to make the most out of either.
1: But the the line goes, When grandma says no, when grandma says no, she's really saying maybe. And that's just like it's just so genius. And then they're talking about like cutting out the middleman. Ask dad. Dad asks him. Ask mom. But you're like, oh, I know what mom's gonna say. This is not gonna work out. Let's go to grandma. Because when grandma <laughs> says no, she's really saying maybe. And then it's like when everyone else is says yeah, everyone everyone else says no. You go to grandma because she's the she parent of them. them too, because yeah. it's grandma.
2: Like you know, it's, it's like sick.
1: okay, it's just sick. Uh, it's, it's great There's though. a lot I of mean, good stuff That's real um, shit
2: That's like what yeah. happens And by the well, way
1: Check out the mandolin In that song It is badass oh, yeah. They got some yeah, players yeah. In that
2: band So I I, I was very surprised talk, By the verb pipe stuff yeah, that was I, I,
0: I want to talk about The verb pipe stuff Let's take a quick break And we'll come back And we'll get more Into that stuff Because their Two children albums Really I mean they, All of this stuff Impresses me But there's really struck me And I was really surprised We'll talk about that In just a second We'll be right back
1: I'd rather be Shining treasure from a sunken pirate wreck. Scrub the deck and make it look shiny. I will sparkle like a wealthy woman's neck. <laughs> Just a sec, don't you know? Fish are dumb, dumb, dumb. They chase anything that glitters. Beginners.
0: Oh, and here they come, come, come to the brightest thing that glitters.
3: Mm. Fish Guinness.
0: And we're back. Now, good people, we are joined by a very, very special guest. And probably my favorite person in the whole wide world my daughter who is a kid you're a kid right yes yes my daughter who is currently a child <laughs> is here to talk about some of her favorite music right now so evie what's what's your like your favorite thing to listen to right now
3: um i don't know but one of my favorite songs is shiny from moana yeah mm-hmm.
0: and which one do we sing from moana they usually sing You're welcome, right? Yeah. What can I say Except you're welcome <laughs> And yeah. what else? Well, so you have a Spotify You have a kid's Spotify, yeah. right? Yeah. So what do you like to listen to on that? Hmm. <laughs> now folks in TV Disney land songs. You can't see Disney songs Disney songs Now we were gonna talk about Disney songs We were gonna mention some them. of my favorite okay. songs Okay, so what's What's one of your favorite Disney songs?
3: Um uh, there's a there's one song from Aladdin that I have on my favorites. I think it's called Jump.
0: I don't know that one. I know uh, which one's Aladdin. A whole new world. So whole, new world. A whole new right. world. Whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes.
3: I don't even know that song.
0: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else? What else is on your Spotify? You like to listen to what? Kids Bop Kids. No,
2: no that-
3: Trolls World Tour.
0: Trolls World Tour. Now there's some good cool. covers in the Troll Trolls World Tour. What do the Rock and Roll Trolls play?
3: Uh one there's one it's called Rock and Roll Rules. It's about the rules that you have to follow to play rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I think.
1: Now correct me if I'm wrong, but that was originally or that was the um the gnomes was all the Elton John songs, right? It was like R- Nomeo and Juliet. Was that was that Elton John songs? Okay, I'm wrong. I'm I wrong. don't. I don't know. I, I don't,
0: don't know. What you're know.
1: About. I think it was all Elton John stuff. Okay,
2: go well, ahead. Well, the troll stuff is a lot of um, Justin Timberlake, right? Oh yeah, JT.
0: And- so he was the musical director for the for the first movie and presumably for the second movie. Um, he does. Uh, what is the name of the actress who plays the Anna Kendrick? Yes. Uh, they do True Colors. Yeah, oh, they Cindy, Cindy
1: Lauper's favorite.
0: And then um, he wrote the, uh, what's that song? Got a feeling? Got this feeling inside my bones. Yes. It goes left. Yes. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll do anything to stop me from singing. And, um, <laughs> but he, so Justin Timberlake wrote that for the movie, and his, obviously it's a smash hit, and then he... um. I saw an interview with him where he talks about how he's, it's not that he doesn't like to perform it, but it's like, he's like, I didn't write that for me. Like, that isn't a me song. Like, I wrote it for this movie. Um, That's fair. I don't know if it's, it's kind of bittersweet that it was such a big crossover hit for him. Yeah. Because he has to perform it and he doesn't, he's like, it's not like a part of the show that I'm packaging and, and going on tour with, per se.
1: Yeah. You know, but, but like he's like to I'm hear- touring
0: on the 2020 experience, and people want to hear the Trolls song. So, got a <laughs> yeah, kind of segue really quickly. <laughs> um, but what else, Ev? What else? Do I mean, that to goes to show
1: about? you, though, like what what a what a you know blockbuster. These blockbuster films can like make these songs so popular that they're bigger than the actual normal everyday adult hits that wind up on on the and uh, I'm, I'm making air quotes adult records. You Know what I mean? It's interesting,
0: yeah. What I, th- I think a lot of that has to do with uh, you know, music video, and like now we have generations plural of people. Are you gonna, you done yet? Yeah. Oh, she stepped away to cough. She's a pro. What a Later. pro! Nice, good anyway, work. Good work. Um, what a pro. We have generations of people who've grown up on music video now. and- this is just like the next kind of iteration of that is like I mean the troll's movie like the the musical numbers during that movie are could be music videos like I mean it's just kind yeah. of like people are just yeah. accustomed to that that kind of being a part of the song now and so it just makes sense that that we would gravitate towards that. Yeah, just it's, kind it's of like in the, general
1: the frozen phenomenon, you know, it's like like that stuff was enormous. You like Frozen? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. T- too popular T- for you? Too
3: pop? Too
0: cool for school. This one. <laughs> 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 what else, have? What else do you like to listen to? We were, we were going to talk of a- Christmas carols. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, we're going to talk
0: that. about Christmas music in a later show, a different show. I know. You can come back for that one if you want to. Um, but, uh, so, who was it who covered... The Disney stuff I was just looking at, Brian. This was on a list that you shared with us. And oh, it was uh Los yes. Lobos. Yeah they cover I Wanna Be Like You. You know that one. No. I Wanna Be Like You from Jungle Book. Jungle Book? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk like you. You know that one.
3: Yeah. And uh, originally
1: Louis Prima.
0: And he also did Bare yeah. Necessity. Well, you and me like mm-hmm. that one a lot, don't totally. we? Mm-hmm. We watched that uh that clip. We
3: you, used too. to. We used you don't to. let me watch it anymore.
0: Oh. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's gonna be a theme. Was there an un- incident? Out. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> 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 well, it's, you know, to, to go back to the repetition, you know, when you have it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll watch Bear necessities It'll be great. And then, like, ten times later in a row, you're like, I am I'm, I think I'm good on this for the day. And your kid's like, no, again. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can only imagine
2: because when I was a kid, I was totally that like I would listen to stuff just incessantly like just over and over and over and over just because I loved it.
1: I had the cassette of Jungle Book. Now, yeah. I had the cassette (laughs) of Jungle Book and I listened to that um, I Want to Be Like You song. I'm not even kidding you, like maybe 20 times in a row with each session and it was very often that I would listen to it. I loved it so much. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. The Disney stuff is incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's just. No two ways about it.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about, Ev?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me think. Okay. You think about it. We're going to talk... Uh, well, we said we are going to revisit the Verve Pipe stuff, so I want to revisit that because that's a band that was... I had no idea they put two children's records out until I had a kid. I wouldn't no expect it. And it showed up. I want to say I probably listened to uh, one of the They Might Be Giants records. And then... It just kept playing music after that, and um, the There's Only One You song yeah. off of that one, which is uh, just a tearjerker. I it's love that song. a But that came on, and I was like, who is this? And I was like, the Verve Pipe? Are you serious? And uh, so their crazy. two children's records really surprised me. Like, they just knocked my socks off. They're so good. That's a great
1: inspirational song. I think it helps. Uh, it, it, teach, it teaches a lesson and encourages a child to be themselves and also... Um, I think that it um inspires it inspires children and uh, and that's I think that was the intention of that and uh, it's really beautiful in that way because it couldn't have been done in a more poignant way. It's just so good. It's so good. I cried. I'm not gonna kid you. The first time I heard it, I'm like I was sobbing, thinking, "What is this? This is so beautiful."
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have another song on that. On their, I'm just going to speak about their two records as though they were one because I, I don't remember which is on which one. I often listen to both of them at the same time. But uh, they have one called "Be Part of the Band," and it's so cool because it's just like the message behind it is like just grab anything and start making noise with it. Just just start making noise, start making music. Nice. Be part of the band, um, which is a, another just a great message. Like it's not there's no wrong way to do it. If you're if you're having fun, if it's giving you joy, then you're doing it right. Absolutely. And it also has a sweet Come Sail Away tease on the piano in it, which, uh, boom. which I got a kick out of. Boom, boom. <laughs> 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 um, all right, Abby, let's check in with you. You got anything you want to talk about?
3: Hmm. Still working on it? Well, we wa- we listen to Snack Time because Daddy listens to Snack Time, and he listens to it all the time.
0: I, I do, well, I have been listening yeah. to it a lot this week. Yes, that is true. Love that record. I like Pollywog in a Bog.
3: That's good.
0: Pollywog in a Bog. That one's got the, uh, it's like a reggae song. Yeah, yeah, sort of. What's Pollywog in a
3: Bog?
0: That's a song on Snack Time by Bare Naked Ladies. You've heard it.
3: Ribbit, Ribbit, a
0: tadpole exhibit. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, Brian, you shared a list of amazing albums by artist and I didn't even know they put ones out. So I want to talk about this Ozo Motley one because Ozo Motley's debut record is in my like Desert Island top five records that like I would take with me because I just nice. never get sick of it. And I did not even know they had a kid's record out. So talk about that for a second. So yeah, I
2: had no idea either. Just doing some research, found that. I also enjoy Ozo Motley very much. Uh, but what I like about this one is that it, talks about specifics where you're learning. It's a learning experience. How do trees grow? You got it. What do germs do? It's there. Uh, Why is water important? Also. Song about spelling. Song about (laughs) exercise. Just (laughs) things in life that like are good (laughs) things that you should do and know about. which is fantastic, and then it's interjected with cool, just fun stuff like Moose on the Loose, and "It's or uh, Like It's Your Birthday, Balloon Fest. They're just really fun, but done in the way that, if you're familiar with Ozumotli, very much appeals to, I think, both adults and children because of that.
0: Yeah, their music is really fun.
1: I wonder how many children's songs were... Actually, not intended originally to be children's songs, and then once they were done, being like, "Hey, this could be a kid song," you know, like accidental children's songs. You know, does that True. happen? Do you yes. think? I wonder. I, I bet you I, it does.
0: I'll Probably a amount with of research Bay, Bay I'm May not prepared to do. Yeah,
2: the, yeah. these I think <laughs> th- this is definitely uh, geared towards children.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, well. That was a good one. Uh, there's a couple others we want to touch. There's just so much. We're not going to get to all of it. Good people. There's so much. We just, we're going to throw some names out real quick. And these are records that you should definitely check out. So we got to talk about the Lego movie soundtrack, right? That's Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo. Um, So everything is awesome. That's the name of the. The big song, right? Everyone yeah. should
2: listen to that song. It's, it's like, so much fun. It's a Lonely Island, so you got like Andy Samberg and all those guys doing like rap stuff, but cool interjected with the whole like dance pop thing.
1: Over the top production, like over the top production. It's like well,
0: that I, I to that point, Jimbo. I think when you're talking about these big cartoons, like they're throwing truckloads of money at. Purdue I know,
1: 80. and that's what makes it awesome. I mean, I mean, it's it's one of the things that makes it awesome, but. When you've got something that's just darn catchy and hilarious, like everything is awesome, first of all, you have to understand that the this is sung from a character, it's a Lego character that just like thinks that everything is awesome all the time. And as it turns out, there's a little bit of depression. You got the Batman character, and you get like these. Have you seen the film?
0: I
2: have not.
1: Oh, oh no, it's, it's a, Treat it's yourself.
2: You, you guys should definitely. It's watch so it.
1: good. So like, everything is not awesome. It's like there's a lot of like trouble and like everything's like you know people are trying to figure stuff out and characters are struggling and stuff. But there's just one little beacon of hope that just keeps singing this song and popping up. Everything is awesome. You know, it keeps happening over and over again. Like every time that you're like trying to have like a sensitive moment, this character comes in with everything is awesome. And and they you know they have to they have to <laughs> shut her down a couple
0: times. Be like, no, it's not awesome. Stop it. You know, it's it's pretty. Good. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Evie. Is gonna leave us now.
3: She, Goodbye. She,
0: she it's been, been a board. pleasure having you, Evie. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Evie. <Abby. laughs> <laughs> she's she's got she's got things to do. Okay, I understand. I got I got
1: things to do, but you know I'd rather do this.
0: <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> where, where were we? Uh, we? Okay. So we were talking about Legoland and. Let's see here. What's another record uh, that you wanted to touch on, Brian? You want to talk about Johnny Ca- Johnny Cash? as a kids album out?
2: It's so good. That's all. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, I'm
0: gonna need you. I'm gonna need a little more out of you.
2: Yeah. I I think, out of all of my listening to all these, it is my favorite. Only because it's such. It's classic Johnny Cash. But it's about. Kid stuff And he doesn't It's not pandering It's not Catering to kids It's him telling a story Like if he were just Telling a story to a kid So like all the music Is very much the same His delivery is the same But He's just talking about Different stuff Yeah So like Dinosaur song He's talking about dinosaurs Or like little magic glasses It's like these glasses That you know Like Open up this magic world And and you have ones like Nasty Dan about this guy who's just, ah, I don't like him so much.
0: Did you talk and about the Dinosaur one? I listened to the Dinosaur one during the break. It's hilarious.
2: The Dinosaur one, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, it's I just like that as an artist you can be like, yeah, I'm just going to write the music that I do, but just put a different spin on it. I think that Randy Just tell a different story. It's just telling a different story. Like it's it's not, you know, it didn't feel contrived. It was just like, oh, well, this is just a story about this that tends to appeal to children.
1: I, I um I feel that way about Randy Newman. Um I feel like Yeah, I, very much in that way, yeah. Yeah, because he's he's just like there is such a fine line. It to him, I don't think there's much of a difference between yeah, right. what he's saying. like I think it's up to some sort of uh, uh, label or um, management to decide where these songs are going to go, because let's face it, he has some songs that are perfectly suited for kids' movies, but then he has songs that are just so damn inappropriate for even, (laughs) you know, I mean, like he's Randy Newman. He can do whatever the hell he wants. What's coming out of him is the purest form of songwriting and, I'm sure that when he's contracted to write a kid song, he can do it and say this is a kid song. But I think there's also to him, it's the process is not any different.
2: No, and well, well I, and I think that's actually captured. Have you guys seen the Family Guy episode where it's Randy Newman?
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, the,
2: he's just basically describing what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Fat man I kind of think that like, like Randy Newman's dog. like, <laughs> like it's, you it's
3: give like Randy apocalypse. Newman an
2: idea. Or something to like chew on. He's like, well, I'm just gonna hear yeah. And you're picking an <laughs> apple and, like, and then
0: like a turtle Come, on. Come on. <laughs> Um well I think to uh to expand on that just a little bit, I think what children are they have an incredible amount, a credible capacity to Sniff out stuff that's not genuine. Yeah. And and not relate to it, you know? And so I think that uh to Jimbo's point, especially with Randy Newman, like there's just no pretense in anything that he writes. No. You know, and 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 it just comes across as as just this pure connection, just because he's not trying to be obtuse. He's not trying to use any sort of symbolism. I mean, it's just very, right. you know. Simple, which it's is something gen- that kids relate to. Like, is is, is yeah. simple and it's clear, yeah. and that is something that that kids gravitate towards because you know the world's complicated and uh, it, so I think it just it just resonates with them.
2: Well, I think it's just genuine. There's no pandering. It's not like you're writing a song like for a child. You're writing a song kind of through the perspective of a child in a weird way, where it's more relatable as opposed to just throwing something out there to be like oh this is for kids.
1: I saw, well, I saw yeah. Randy Newman uh, performing Carnegie Hall at Carnegie Hall um, and uh, it was just him on the stage with a piano and although he would do a little bit of rambling in between songs there was no separation between you got a friend in me and god's song or rednecks or something that was so questionable so it's kid song to super questionable song with no he wasn't discerning at all between the two songs. He wasn't making any sort of distinction. He was just going from one to the next. This is my catalog of music. And, uh, and of course, it's an adult audience. Those are expensive tickets, you know. Um, but uh, I, I just, I was so impressed with that. Like I, I And I felt like he felt the same way about those kids songs that he did about the ones that were really deep and dark, you know. Well
2: and that that's the brilliance of a, a genius songwriter is that even if you're a forty-year-old, fifty-year-old person, whatever, hundred years old, doesn't matter. Any age, it, it it's transcendent because it's it's from a genuine perspective. You're like, Oh yeah, even though it's a kid song, like I did that as a kid, I can totally relate to that or whatever. And kids can actually do that too. So you don't you don't have a specific audience that you're targeting. It, it, it's relatable on, for anyone.
1: You know, it's the difference between truths and simple truths is that really nothing. They're both truths. And that's yeah. like, like, you know, you got a friend in me. It's really, or uh, oh, what's the other one about? Uh,
2: yeah, is that even really a kid's? I mean, like, it is only because it, it o- Only was because it's made, from Toy Story. Right, because it was made to be, but like, you know.
0: It could have been the- any
1: anybody picture.
0: Yeah, or yeah. like I mean, what imagine if that were the theme song to Friends. Yeah. You know? Yep. Sure. Exactly. Like uh, Instead it's just a- Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, be, you know. that theme song was perfect for that show, but that's not it's what true, I'm yeah, that's yeah. not the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, the point I'm Thanks, trying Ron to Brands. make is <laughs> you've got a friend of me works pretty much anywhere. And I and I think Jimbo to like circle back to your truths versus simple truths, like the there's something about the simplicity of childhood like it's simple because you just aren't wary of the world like things aren't that complicated when you're a kid like i've had a three-year-old kid and like there's a lot of problems with having a three-year-old kid but they're all very simple problems right you know it's not like what i imagine having a teenage daughter is going to be like which is a lot of complicated problems yeah
3: (laughs) you'll get there layers layers and layers but
0: um so, but you can you can always hear a song that very simply speaks about like the human condition and the human experience. And and anybody can relate to that. And if you just kind of get over yourself and allow yourself to relate to it on that level, it's really it's really beautiful and it's really transcendent.
1: Yeah, you can have a and, good experience.
0: And, yeah. And I think that's what Randy Newman does. I mean, better than just about anybody. Yeah, as yeah. good as, if not better than anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. All right. Um, you got anything else you want to talk about? I I promised you good people that this was gonna be all over the place. Um I do have something I, I, I
1: want I, to mention. Go uh ahead. the serial song from the Verve Pipe.
0: Oh, that, you did want to talk about that.
1: That one. song yeah. is a maze balls. It is hands down the best kids song. Now, again. It's not the best lesson for kids because it's talking about at a certain point, I love sugar, you know, um, and, you know, uh, that one and the other one about um, I, I don't sleep in on Saturdays. Uh, I'm not sleeping in a, In
0: parentheses. It's Saturday. It's Saturday, yeah. Which I can confirm as a parent.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I had a hard time getting up in the morning, but I, I'll tell you what. When I was a kid. When, when I don't was, have
0: Saturday morning cartoons like we did when we were kids. Well. Well,
1: these weren't even cartoons. Before the cartoons came on really early in the morning, it was Flipper, Gentle Ben, <laughs> and then and then it was it when these are all reruns from like the 50s and 60s, but I love them so much. And then it was the original Adam West Batman. So you want to talk about oh, yeah. theme songs, the Batman theme, like, man, and we would chase each other around the yard. We love that shit. But the flipper theme song, they call him
0: flipper, flipper. Faster than light. Oh gosh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, one. I yeah. Know that one.
1: So it's like a crime-solving dolphin, essentially. <laughs> it's like, which
0: makes no sense. Like, Lassie was a hit. What if we made it instead of a collie, a dolphin? And then, before, yeah, I like that.
1: Before that was on, it was Gentle Ben, which was, the, it no, was it was a bear. It was a bear, yeah, and it was Clint Howard. Clint Howard's Clint first Howard. role as a child. Howard. Clint Howard.
2: <laughs> uh, those shows are also terrible because horrible animal abuse
1: probably. yeah i'm sure they were awful they're right. probably abusing that dolphin <laughs> and flipper like some like you and think about poor um uh whoever played uh, robin in uh in uh the original batman he must have been abused terribly <laughs> what, was probably right. what was his burt name what was his Ward's never been the same since dick grayson <laughs> no that's uh burt ward well, burt burt, burt Ward's ward. the actor right right burt ward, uh, dick yeah. grayson adam west is uh <laughs> what's his face the old Bruce Wayne. Oh my God, I love that so much. That show, even to this day. Yeah. The only thing it's really You're my bad, bat
0: shark repellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the, the movie, you that's the movie though. Yeah, that's the movie. I know. So I know. So bad. Uh, the, all that what stuff do you mean for so me bad? was come on was like Nick at Night. That was when I got like remember Nickelodeon had Nick oh, at absolutely. Night where they play. Oh and yeah. That was so when I was like 10, 11, 12, and I was allowed to stay up till ten, and Nick at Night started at like eight, and there was like two hours of like there was Dragnet. Yeah. And. Um, Speaking of theme songs. All right. I feel like we've veered pretty much as off the rails as we need to veer. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? So much, but we don't have time. I know. Uh, we yeah, only but- scratch the surface, good people. Uh, there's so much good, good, great kids' music out there that you should should listen to. Yeah, it's a big one. We'll try I I will do my very best to to put a proper smattering of all of it on the playlist to get you going.
2: We could circle back to this one even.
0: I'm sure we do will. a Whole
2: other episode.
0: My kid will get older, and cooler. Then, <laughs>
2: everything. He's gonna change. be listening to stuff that we don't even know about, yeah. and then we're gonna be like, oh, um, and then we something I mean, cool it like, It's your podcast now. You're clearly <laughs> the winner.
0: <laughs> All right, you guys. Have anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here?
1: We go to the lounge, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah.
1: Meet you in the lounge. What's lounge? All right. We're gonna do a tiki that, theme tonight.
0: We oh, are not, but. I like where your head's at. <laughs> I was going
2: to say, I, I didn't get that memo, but I, I can I can adapt quickly.
0: Throw a tiki Run out
1: and buy a smoking jacket and a All
0: right. Oh. A fez. All right. <laughs> that is the show, ladies and gentlemen. We hope that we've inspired you to spend a little more time actively listening to music. Stay tuned after this for a section we call Lounge, where we get a little looser. Talk about this day in music history. Billboard Top 10 from back in the day. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please tell a friend, rate and review us, share us on your social media, give us a five-star on Apple podcasts, uh, subscribe to the show everywhere that you can subscribe to shows, uh, on Spotify, you can subscribe to the show. You can also, if you search for music, mostly pod, you will find our user profile. And that is where the playlists are. You can also, you can follow that. And then when the playlists come out, you'll get notified. Um... They're good it's a playlists, little convoluted. playlists. Yeah, they're good playlists. Exceptional. Put a lot of effort into them.
2: Even if you don't listen to the show, I recommend listening to the playlist.
0: <laughs> but how are they going to know you you have to
2: listen to the show for me to get me, that recommendation. For you to yeah. hear me saying That's that. Right. So, <laughs> wow, dude. I guess I don't
0: <laughs> Oh, right. You can check out our website, musicmostlypod.com. Find us on social stuff at musicmostlypod. Email us at musicmostlypod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch for Jimbo and Brian and Evie. This is Will signing off. We'll see you in the lounge in just a minute. Welcome to the lounge, ladies and gentlemen. This is the part of the show where we like to kick back. Have a couple. Talk about this day in music history. Maybe talk about a Billboard Top 10 list from back in the day. Uh, Today, as we record this, it is November 2nd, 2021. Uh, In 1958, Tommy Edwards was at number one on the UK singles chart with It's All in the Game. Written by Charles Dawes, later Vice President of the United States under Calvin Coolidge. Is the only number one pop single to have been co-written by a US Vice President. Mm. Mm. What? Speaking of James Knox Polk, <laughs> presidential <laughs> trivia. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I listened to it. It's a it's a pretty cool tune. It's nice.
1: Yeah, we need more more presidents writing hits. I mean, if you can be the president of the United States, you should be able to write a fucking yeah. hit. Cold or Cold a played president. the
2: saxophone, so he was close.
1: No, no, no.
3: <laughs> no,
1: no. I mean, he did, but I mean, that's not close. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I'm sure uh, No Yeah dude nope. Any of the presidents Play instruments They don't play in, They're too busy to Yeah
1: nah. Back in the day They probably like Played harpsichord And stuff like that You know
2: Dude yeah. I bet I bet George Washington
1: Played I thought something. he played the piano He tickled the iries Like a motherfucker jug?
0: <laughs> The Jug <he> played <laughs> the Washboard <laughs> Washed a bass Washed <laughs> a bass Lisa Uh-oh. I told
1: you <laughs> And a washboard with, uh. the, with the thimbles <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. In 1969, Creedence Clearwater Revival released Willie and the Poor Boys, the uh, third studio album. God, that that's a great released. song. That was the third album they released in that year. Wow. It's such the a great album, song. Uh, featuring Down on the Corner. Not even
2: their best record, though, out of that collection, in my opinion. But, you know, it's just me. I think it's
0: one of their this, best songs. This so. one had Down on the Corner, Fortunate Son, and their version of the Lead Belly song, Cotton Fields." Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's your favorite Creedence song? I gotta say, oh, uh, yeah, I got a couple. I like Hey Tonight. It's a good one.
2: Have you ever seen? Oh, tonight? Hey Tonight, actually. Hey Tonight. I think realistically, what's the one?
0: Put a
1: candle in the window.
0: Oh, long as I can see the light. That's God damn beautiful. it. That song. Uh, have boxed. you Have you Not, ever seen? Well, have you ever seen that was the, the other one
1: I was in It's One of my favorites. Is that what's that called? Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever seen, seen the rain? The
2: rain? Yeah. I also like uh, Lodi. Oh
1: yeah, S- yeah, S- yeah. Simple yeah. little yeah. tune. And Good I mean,
0: you know Great songwriting
1: Great songwriting No two ways about it
0: Or what is it, Centerfield? Put me
1: in just John, Was that Fogarty? Fogarty. Yeah, it's Fogarty. solo So it's like the yeah. old man down the road
0: Well, that's yeah. when he got he got, he, got, he got he got
2: sued by his record company For sounding too much like him Like himself, dude. yeah
3: They
1: own the rights
0: to the um, sound of his voice I'll that's also soft. throw down in the corner I I mean, that's not the bait, like, oh, yeah, that's like, it's so good. Love it when the Beastie Boys sample that in License to Ill. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And then they scrap, they cut it up a little bit. It's good. Long as I can see the light, though, that was on a mixtape made for me by my girlfriend in high school. Nice. The way, like, the yeahs at the end of that, yeah.
2: Dude, if a girl puts out on a mixtape for you, keep her around as long as you can.
0: (laughs) I won't get into that relationship. Suffice it to say, it did not end well. Well, Uh, she at least had decent taste in music. (laughs) Let's just say that's the exception that proves your rule. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, 1978, The Police released their debut album, Outlandos d'Amour. The working title, Police Brutality, was changed to make it sound more romantic.
2: Mm, And it was...
0: Yes It loosely translates as outlaws of love But the term outlandos, surprisingly not an actual word no Is shit. actually a mix of the words for outlaws and commandos That sounds like some oh, shit sting would do. Yeah, what was on there? Roxanne was on there, Can't Stand Losing You, So Lonely But uh, So Lonely, probably my favorite police song Yeah uh, did Salami that, Did I also have like Contacts? Was that on
1: that record or was that Regatta de Blanc? I confused the two I do too because they both.
2: Are, uh, I think, I think you, know. you are correct. I think it's, yeah, it's not on this record. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. So
1: I could be wrong, but I want to say
2: that's right.
0: I do too. I really yeah, do.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it got, we got a little bit more punk with Regatta de Blanc. There were moments that were a bit more punk, I yeah.
0: think. Solo, the version, the, the live version of Solo and their live record is, is really good. I, I dig that one. I just, I, I love. The drumming in that one, yes, Sir was a, a, cool a god. Just, yeah, it was amazing, and I just, I think that that song, more than any other Police song, just really, he just really, really shines, and he shines on all of them because yeah. there's only three, so it's a three piece. But, yeah. um but that was good.
2: Well, like um, man, that whole record is kind of like that though. Like can't stand like it has that restraint build like Roxanne. Can't stand like all the the songs mentioned. They have that. Uh ah, Stuart
1: Copeland-esque.
2: Yeah, like, but they uh, Oh, and then it's something crazy.
1: Yeah, they mastered the the dynamics. Like, you know, and and that was kind of what they were about. And they were they were raw. I mean, who wasn't it? Wasn't that like Lily White or one of those guys doing that? It's very
2: possible. That sounds Bruce, somewhere up the alley of that.
0: But well, I think you get like I don't know. It's just uh Sting is, you know, a very obvious front man and very charismatic, and, and so like he probably didn't feel like there wasn't a big clash. Like I, I don't see him in a world where he's like, we need to complicate my bass playing because nobody's noticing me because he was the most noticeable.
2: Yeah, no one, part I, of the Yeah, thing. his bass playing was and, clearly not the highlight. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it was and,
1: solid and it did its. But
2: job. it was solid. Oh yeah, no, and, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I don't think that's what. He's known for, or you know, should be known for.
0: Yeah, and then the well, guitar work is very distinct. If not, Andy Summers is a goddamn. Yeah, like underrated. Yeah, I think he's underrated too because what it just fits in in their sound so well.
1: Yeah, you know. And what and, I will say also about Sting's bass playing is that at the time, what he was doing probably seemed super fresh, like super like a lot of people hadn't heard. People play bass like that because it was coming from a mm-hmm. world of ska and reggae, yeah. and 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 matched with punk. So it was punk ska well, like, and reggae thrown together, and it was. Other people were doing it, but it what 1979 you said? Eight, Eight, yeah, 1978. Not that much, and 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 for something like that to become as huge as it did, Roxanne was an enormous hit. You know, mm-hmm. and the way that the yeah the, the bass, bass on that handled, is great. Yeah, where it just it was different.
2: And it, well, it, it, it kind of juxtaposes space, the guitar you know? line, too, where yeah, yeah. they're doing... It, it sounds like it should be more, but it he cuts it off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Short notes, very short notes. Like, no reverb, nothing like that. Just... Mm-hmm. You know, the tone, though. The tone
2: is is actually yeah. pretty pretty solid, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like... It's it's definitely... It's, just, it's so in the pocket, and it's so unlike anything else from the time. That was... As popular as it was now, it was very similar to a lot of things that were coming out of Jamaica, you know? Yep. But do they play
0: music in Jamaica?
1: <sighs> is, is nah. Are they known for their
0: musical that. stylings? <laughs> <laughs> um, all well, right. Ziggy Marley, that's, he. you know, he's... Yeah, Ziggy Marley. We didn't he's even got, he's got get a couple to of his, ch- his two kids' albums. Two kids he has a, a song called Move Back Your Body to with Tom Morello and Busta Rhymes. I was going to say, I wanted to...
2: Yeah, no, I wanted to talk about that. Actually, <laughs> can, we, can we pa- I'm glad you brought that up. I have to pause just real quick because I wrote right. this down. Cause he, he he did a lot. I mean, okay Well, that ben album Harp. is
0: like a duets kind of album.
2: Yeah. Ben Harper, Cheryl Crow, Lisa Lowe, Amarello, yeah. Buster Rhymes, Alanis Morissette. Uh I guess
1: that's about it. But still. And it's a Ziggy Marley record?
2: Yeah. And it's, called, and it's a kids it's record. Called, oh my god.
1: Yeah. More family time. It's a Ziggy Marley oh, come kids on. record. That sounds great. Yeah. We even amazing. about it. I know. We're, we didn't even talk about it. What's wrong with us?
0: We'll put it on there. Hold on. I'm going to make a note right meow to put that meow. on the playlist. Ziggy Marley, done and done. Okay. 1999, the Foo Fighters released their third studio album, There Is Nothing Left To Lose, which marks the first appearance of drummer Taylor Hawkins. Early pressings of the disc included a temporary tattoo similar to the one featured on the album cover, which is a picture of presumably Dave Grohl with a Foo Fighters tattoo on the back of his neck. I vaguely um, remember that. Yeah. This uh, this was the record that had Learn to Fly. That was the big hit off of this yeah, one. Yeah, that's
1: yep. a great song.
0: Um, this was like their... So this is their third record. So this would have been self-titled, and then Color and Shape, and then this. And this is just bang, bang, bang. I mean, i I challenge anybody to find first three records that hit his heart disease. Like.
2: Well, I also, I, I'd like to think about it in the sense of, like, where, like, records that kind of catapulted someone to where they're going. And I think for the Foo Fighters, like, the, their two records were huge, the first ones. But, like, if you look at what they've done so far, this is, like, the first record that really gives this that
0: is good. This is their, this is the, um, from going from, like, I don't want to say indie rock or punk or whatever. This is this is them all of a sudden you would be like, oh, this is gonna be like an arena rock monster band. And yeah, they were. They are they they are, you know. Um color and shape wasn't as Anthem-y as which is hard to say. I mean, maybe that's bullshit because like Everlong and Freaking Monkey ranch is anthemic as they come yeah so, yeah maybe i'm wrong
2: well in a weird and, way and it's a, less anthemic like the the anthems are like specific and then you have mm-hmm. songs like stacked Actors." like that's a great fucking open
0: wait song. what record that come mm-hmm. off of that's this one
2: there's
1: the, the one else. we're that talking dead about. actors up to the, is the rafters. up to the
2: rafters yeah you know everybody di-
1: dies blonde yeah yeah that's a great song i love that in yeah. fact okay so this album i listen to a lot a lot when i was at I'm, Miami. i mean
0: i'm looking at it on spotify right now and the least the lowest number of plays is live in skin with 3.7 million yeah so i mean this is Jesus. a popular record. yeah
2: well give me stitches <laughs> was a great song there's a lot of good songs but they're not yeah. like
1: hits but there's also, a talk right. about it Gary's yeah, reason reasons No, no, that's, that, that, that's off that's
0: their big first that's big me one. that's off the first record but ah, um,
1: for Pete's sake
0: but the thing is like <sighs> They're one of those bands, like their hits are so big that they're, it's it's easy to lose the other songs, but like they're, if you listen to this record, you're like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song. Oh, I know, you know? Yeah.
3: But that's what
2: but, that's what they are. That's why I love the Foo Fighters, I guess, because all their records have hits, but when you listen to the whole record,
0: they're good. They're, you, they're it, one of the few album oriented good bands. Shit putting out music right yeah. now you know, yeah. that are are still like no we're gonna we're gonna write an album
2: Wasting Light
0: m- might it's
2: it, dude it's definitely up there for like album of the whatever time frame like at least in like a 10 year span nice cause that shit is
0: solid gold alright we're gonna move from 1999 to 2015 Adele went to number one on the US singles charts with Hello the lead track from her third album, 25. First song to sell more than a million digital copies in a single week and the third highest weekly sales total since Nielsen's sound scan began tracking sales in 1991. Uh, I I just remember when that came out, just how gigantic that song was, um, both sonically and culturally. Like,
2: Written and produced by Greg Kirsten, who is from The Bird and the Beat, which we talked about earlier. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. The uh the dude from Semisonic right co-writes with her a lot of her stuff too. I like that guy. The got the closing time guy.
2: Another yeah. record that superseded its hit. Yeah? I, I think so. I like that record.
0: Not familiar with the rest of the record, not gonna lie to you. It's a good one. That's on me. Take a listen. <laughs>
2: It's not that hard. Um, you can you can fix that, Will.
0: I, I feel like I, I feel like a, the thing is, I just can't get my hands on a copy of it. I just, I just, I just don't even know how to find it. I'll be oh. <laughs> You gotta you can dub me a tape. Whoa. What's the internet? I uh, I remember I man I, I bet I dubbed twenty copies of Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him for classmates of mine. <laughs> Back when that was a thing. Was that you it necessary at all? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they all wanted it, and I had it. All right.
2: You were the guy, man. You're Specifically, P-Dog had it. I, dubbing, movie, baby.
0: <laughs> uh, I used to dub tapes all the time. Like, that was in high school I would dub. I'd be like, oh, you got that new G-Love? Like, let me borrow that. And i go home and dub a copy of
2: it. Dude, probably. who didn't do that? I did that. Yeah, I did that all the
0: time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> uh, all right. Born today, 1944. Happy birthday to Keith Emerson, keyboardist from English progressive rock band The Nice, who had the 1968 UK hit single, an instrumental rearrangement of Leonard Bernstein's America. Oh, also he was in Emerson, Lake, and Palmer.
1: Yeah, there's that. <laughs> and, <by> the way.
0: <laughs> and there's that. He's also that guy. Yeah. Uh, so happy birthday to him. Uh, 1956, Chris Fairbrass. Who you say? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was the guitar player of Right Said Fred. Remember uh, that? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> they had a guitar sexy? player?
2: I didn't. I just thought. I just <laughs> figured it was that one guy.
0: I just thought it was all just walking around wearing like chainmail shirts, <laughs> mesh tank tops, and mesh tank tops, shaved heads, and and
2: very yeah finely whatever. shaved heads.
0: But uh, fucking number one album up in 1993 in the UK. Oh, uh, U.S. number one single. I'm too sexy. And Then remember, does that do either? Of you know the name of their follow-up single?
2: No. I mean, I'm reading it, but no,
0: I don't know what it is. Oh, don't talk, just kiss. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. I mean, in in many ways, just as good as I'm too sexy. Just I'm not sure as good. Just <laughs> never, never had the commercial success. Um, yeah, uh, was was there a catwalk uh, involved? There was no, there was no oh pussy, do, do oh, pussy cat. Out. Oh, oh I'm too sexy for good, my. You know that's what I that's mean. a great song, man. anybody really who, who who doesn't like that song can just go fuck themselves. Yeah, that's, that song. It, it, is it takes amazing. a
1: set of cojones to actually like whine and to just put that out like that. Yeah, that <laughs> that's app. why. Like,
2: dude, the nine the early nineties were fucking oh, the wild so west good, of music. Man, man. like you so could get good. away with shit like this. Not yeah. that you couldn't now, but like. It doesn't even make sense. Like this was popular. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. These were pioneers. The one pioneers,
0: single. yeah. Oh man. Um 1957, Carter Beauford, drummer, percussionist, and founding member of Dave Matthews band. Um, I believe
2: it's Carter Buford, by the way. Just
0: it's Beaufort. We've looked into it. Uh, we haven't. I've heard of it. Hate heard to correct Dave you
2: on it.
1: your own show, but uh, I believe it's
2: He said it live. <laughs> if Dave Matthews calls him Carter Buford, I'm calling him Carter
0: Buford. That's fair. Hey, that's fair.
1: Um, um, Dave Matthews apparently has a speech impediment. Have you ever heard him say Yeah.
0: He can't well, the word Beaufort. <laughs> Damn it. It's very specific. <laughs> it. It's just <laughs> the one word. You screwed me again, Matthews, this Is the last time. Um, I saw, I've seen Dave Matthews a few times. One time it was New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve, 1996, 97, my freshman year of college. And uh, me and my roommate in college who was a buddy of mine from high school and a couple other uh, friends of ours from college we we all went down to the show and uh, my brother Pete dog he came to the show too but anyway we took a bunch of mushrooms and um <laughs> somebody, so me and somebody my roommate, good stories start this way me me and my roommate had somehow found our way in the Hampton Coliseum to the stage like the Hampton Coliseum is like a it's like a basketball stadium so so the seats go 360 degrees but then when there's a concert, they kind of block off the part that's behind the stage. The stage is at one end, and, and right. they block off the seats behind. But um, we had kind of meandered our way behind the stage, but like way up in the seats, you know, like not backstage, but just behind it, up in the upper deck. And um, sat down, and we are just watching the band from behind, and I don't know how— we were not told to vacate the premises, but I think we were just sitting by ourselves. And I think, like, security guys might, like just looked at me like, oh, whatever. Those two dudes seem like they're having a good Back time. Back in more uh, but, nonchalant but
2: we were, times.
0: <laughs> but we were sitting. Uh, so we just happened to be sitting right behind Carter Buford, as I've heard it's told, I, um, <laughs> for, like, the drum solo. So we're just watching him do his drum solo from, like, behind him, like, looking at the kit like he is. And it's just like these – it's like his, his appendages are just flailing about independently as if there that's are actually, four brains. If like I were to go a, to a Dave concert,
2: I think that would be the scene I would <laughs> want because yeah. that dude is a crazy singer. Like drummer.
0: he's a beast. Yeah. And it was it was just amazing to watch. And I mean, his song, I mean it felt like it went on for an hour, but it was probably like 10 to 15 minutes of, right. of him playing drums. But like, I mean it was, still it was insane. Long. It was so good. Ah. Uh, and he's, he's definitely, I will say this. I will say this about Dave Matthews. I, I saw him the New Year's Eve the year before that, my senior high school, at the Hampton Coliseum. And uh, it was the first time I'd seen him. And I wasn't super into him because, like, all the preppy kids in my school were into him and I was, like, cooler than that and whatever. It's not it's not important. But um, <laughs> he played Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones opened up for him. Mm-hmm. And so for the encore, all the Fleck Tones came out And they all got on stage and they jammed. And I don't remember what they played, but they played for like 40 minutes, one song, just one thing. And for 40 minutes, Dave Matthews just stood next to the drum riser with his back to the crowd and played rhythm guitar and just let everybody else play. That's that's, that's noble.
2: I believe you told this story on an episode that wasn't this one. Yeah, at some point
0: you're probably right. I tell this story a lot because, um, but I love that story. Yeah, because it was story. like I was just like, okay, he get, like he knows that he's not that he's the worst musician on the stage right okay, now. Okay, yeah.
1: So it's like yeah, Victor Wooten on stage and his brother with the weird tapping. Yeah. End. So the Wootens yeah. are there. So just why don't you just not play at all? The Wootens <laughs> are there.
0: Here are well, here like, come the Wootens, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like you know. The band's named after... Like, people are here to see you, so you don't... It's just nice that it's like, I don't need the validation. Like, I already get the validation. I don't need it.
2: I will say, out of a, You know, say what you will about Dave Matthews. I mean, I'm not the dude's biggest fan. I think he's got great stuff. Uh, I always felt like, even with his popularity, he always just was very
1: not. He just seems so Yeah, cool. chill. He's just definitely he's just chill. He like, just like a cool guy.
2: Like, I don't think he's, like, an asshole. Like, I just think he's... Yeah.
0: I don't think he's either. And I think that... I, I will say to play the guitar licks that he plays while singing is it is it is well, that, impressive. Well, it's lot, it's a lot whole, of counter
1: counterpuntal. Um, I think thought. It's like is that a lot not of,
2: the reason why he got popular?
1: In yeah, my he, mind, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, like
2: like when he was like like old old before like like when he was playing like college parties and yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, it's, it's de- like de- it's, oh, it's look
2: at this dude doing like all this crazy guitar stuff while singing and like being a one man band essentially before he had a band behind him.
1: It's definitely tapping your head and rubbing uh, your tummy.
2: Like, like yeah, you're, yeah, you're you're like it has this rhythmic quality that is confusing and so he he. biting though.
0: They're from Charlottesville, Virginia. Japan. He's from South Africa. He's from South Africa, but yeah. they're from Charlottesville, Virginia, which is three hours from my hometown in at 45 minutes from where I went to college. And, and they blew up my senior year of high school. And so I get to college, and I join this fraternity, and then, like, I, I'm looking back through, like, the picture books. Like, every year we'd put, like, a yearbook together and put it in the fraternity, like, room. And I'm looking back, and I'm like, freaking, Dave Matthews Band was playing here two years ago.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, well, there, there was know, definitely like, that moment where, like, it, he blew up quick, too. Quick. Where, where it like, was, like... I just saw him in a basement of a frat house, and, like, yeah. six months later, he's playing a stadium.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Like it, I mean, it was, like, where, this is, like, yeah, it was that, that day, Matthews, that like,
0: like, these guys who are seniors right now, like, sat on the roof of a van and smoked a joint with this guy, like, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a di- different <laughs> brand of grassroots,
1: you know, as far as, like, coming up in a grassroots style. I think that he did, but it just happened very quickly for him.
0: Very quick. Cool. Well, it, it was – it took a – I mean – I think they gigged around for like four or five years. It wasn't like... But like the overnight oh, no, put, portion of their, their overnight success was quick. But I mean, that's why well, they that's... put their two their two first records came out so quick because they were like, we have like 30 tracks that we have been touring on for years. Right. Like we can go lay these down in our sleep.
1: Yeah,
2: you got two records. There you go. Boom.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but so, then they didn't have a problem with the third album. I mean, it's like it, it came out and it was good and he continued to have hits. And his following is so built up at that point. He was... You know, he had like the um the, the uh festival crowd, you know, was yeah.
0: So oh yeah, he's like that marriage of like he's he fits in with the jam band circuit. Uh, I don't know. They they still sell they're always like the in the top two or three like ticket sale gross bands every year.
1: Yeah. It's
0: Cause
2: it's so appealing to so many people, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to talk about a band who is not selling that many tickets. In 1965, Bobby (laughs) Dahl, bass player of Poison, was born. Happy birthday to him. Oh, Bobby. He is... uh... Don't you know Bobby? (laughs) He's eight years younger than Carter Beaufort, and his career was more than eight years shorter than Carter Beaufort's. Um, Sad. I mean, I don't know. I like Poison. And and if you watch their uh, behind-the-music, like Bobby Dahl just seems like super chill. Like, um, it seems super cool. Like when, uh, they asked him about the sex tape that came out between Brett Michaels and Pamela Anderson, like he was like, ah, I don't know, man, that's pretty cool. I don't, I don't know why he's so upset about it. Oh, <laughs> um, he just seems like pretty down to earth, but happy birthday, Bobby <coughs> Doll. Also born today, 1979, one year and a couple months younger than me, Cornell Haynes Jr. or Nelly, born today. Happy birthday, well, Nelly. Nelly's first name is Cornell. Cornell, yeah, uh, Cornell Haynes Jr. Nice. And uh, when Country Grammar came out, I mean, I don't know if that was if that resonated in your life, but that was big for me. I mean, I was 22, and, and it was just like
1: that means I was like 38. So, so not yeah, as much. I
0: think so. I think so. Or thirty.
1: No, I think I'm that much older. How old are you?
0: I'm 43. And you're 50. You were born in 1970. Okay, so I was, I was, I was born 30. in 1978. Okay, so just by just doing the subtraction, in 2000 you were 30 years old. <laughs> but
1: I, but I like avoided certain <laughs> things, I didn't avoid them. They just, they didn't. I, there were certain things that now I, I, I go back and listen to, but. Like, I, I didn't listen to them then. I was, at 30 years old, I was looking for the weirdest thing I could find that was the furthest thing away from popular culture that was mm. still awesome and, and, and weird. And I found some shit. And now, a lot of that stuff has become a lot closer to the, you know, being closer to the pulse, you know?
0: Yeah. I. So Country Grammar, when that came out, I just remember, like, this was the first, to me, like the first huge rap song that was not from New York or LA, that was like from the South or Midwest, and it wasn't outcast. Like and it just sounded different. Like this was a this was a bit like Country Gamer was a big record. I actually and, love this record. Yeah. And it it was just so it was just like it was what Southern hip-hop needed... Like, it needed another superstar that was not Outkast. Was it from Atlanta? He's from St. Louis. Ah,
2: well, he's St. different than Outkast, I'm though. from like the Lou,
0: then I'm... Yeah, but, like... Well, you had that, like, crunk
2: thing, like, was kind of... Like, I feel like he kind of started that. Like, that was the, the shit. Well,
0: but that's the thing. It, it was, like... I mean, because there was, like, you know, Ghetto Boys had put records out, and... Uh, Two Live Crew put records out. There was, like, the Miami-based sound, But this was, like, the next big, very popular hip-hop that was not L.A. or New York hip-hop that wasn't Outkast. True, right. And, and that was, I think, critical to all of, like, the Dirty South really blowing up after that. I mean, there was Goody Mob. Yeah. Like, there were there were acts down there. Like, oh, no, there were. Acts, but but they, was, the acts were known to, like, hip-hop heads. They weren't, like... This was, like, a, a big crossover that I think rap needed to, like, really kind of open its universe up.
2: Well, there was a lot of it, though, I guess, and just, I just remember that time frame, like, from that, like, while I was in college until about 2005, and, like all, the, like, all the guys that were, like, trying to do rap stuff then were just trying to take a bite out of this stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you kind of had to have, like, a... You had to have a drawl, you kind of had to have a little. It was like a big, like, like, like yeah,
2: it was like it had like a slow, like, a, like, yeah, I don't know. was that like,
0: whole like chopped and screwed thing from like Houston, like that, that it had to kind of be like a little slower and a little kind of grimy, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it had a um,
2: sludginess, I guess, is a,
0: yeah, yeah. sipping on that yeah. scissor, it's good though, it's so good. Um. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, there was Master P. He was huge, like, and there was, like, like Cash Money. Master P and Cash cash Money, that would have been, like, a little bit before this. But, like, that stuff was, like, right here, like, 99, 2000, like, when that really started to blow up. But, Mm -hmm. anyway. Um Yeah, yeah. Uh, November 2nd, 1969, The Grateful Dead played Family Dog at the Great Highway in San Francisco, California. Uh, one of their more iconic shows, they did a 30-minute Dark Star that goes right into St. Stephen. That was really good. I, I listened to that earlier today. St. Stephen's my favorite song of theirs. But, oh, uh, nice. yeah. um Something we didn't
2: talk about, Jerry Garcia has a children's record. Do you know this?
0: He, I, I know of it. I'm not uh,
2: with. To it. Um, oh, who is it? Him and someone did it. And I'm. Gr- Gris,
0: Grisman. His, uh, it's
2: it's called, n- not for kids only, <laughs> which is a great name. I like that. Which is kind of the whole point of what we're talking yeah. about tonight. I think. Uh, and. David Grisman, who is that? David
0: Grisman, who's like his longtime writing partner.
2: Right. So. Yeah, they put out a
0: children's record. It's like his uh Tom Marshall to Trey Anastasio. Like it's like his writing partner outside of his band that helps him make stuff for the I game.
2: did not get that reference as much. I was thinking more of like uh, Elton John and Bertie Topin, but
0: Probably the same thing, probably. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Works on the same level.
0: Same level. You know, like a lot of those dudes have like a you know, like a songwriting partner who's not a performer, who's not a you know, just somebody who's like, I'm I'm good. That's great, no. though. I would love give me a songwriting credit. Like, I'm—that's uh, that's actually the sweet spot, man. If only, <laughs> like,
2: I would love to be that guy.
0: Can I have a fraction of the money and none of the fame?
2: Yeah, I'll just—I'll <laughs> take that. i will will kick back and just not even have to.
0: Like all you want is—I just want to make enough to just be able to do this with my life. <laughs>
2: I think that that that's
0: admirable. Yeah, that is that is the Lord's work. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. And we're going to talk about the Billboard Top 10 from October 17th, 1998. This is the one week that the Naked <laughs> ladies were on top of the charts with one week. And, you did there. Uh, I know. That was clever. But I wanted to talk about it because one week to me could be a children's song. I mean, it's, it's silly. It has a you know like a rhyme scheme, like it has some rapping and, and it has like weird horns and I mean Chickity China, the Chinese chicken, like the whole <laughs> like it, the the rap part is just all nonsense, you know, like it, it could very easily be a kid's song, and it's so unlike anything else on this top ten. And um,
2: And that song was
0: huge. That song was gigantic. I remember making fun of it. It's like still I, I, big. It's still big. You kidding me? It's everywhere. They, you can't uh, you can't escape it. I defy you to go one week without hearing it. There you go. Too, too much? Was that too much? That's that a was, challenge. Too much. Bare naked ladies oh. <laughs> challenge. Go one um, week without hearing so it. So anyway, number one that week was one week by Bare Naked Ladies. Great. It's song. such a good
2: song. It's a great song.
0: This uh this top ten actually has three number ones in it. Uh number two is The First Night by Monica. I don't remember that one, but I, I feel like I'd known if I heard it. I didn't have I a chance to do to it. Because, these
2: yeah, I had to listen to it.
0: But this is like the Grover Cleveland of songs because uh, <laughs> it was number one for a couple weeks and then Bare Naked Ladies knocked it off for one week and then it went back to number one. This is non consecutive terms at number one.
2: That's, I don't even know. That's like some <laughs> cosmic musical yeah. weirdness.
0: Uh, number three, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Their first like number one. Interestingly. Um, but that for, that's for kind of a all shame. of their hits, this was their first number one. This was from the Armageddon soundtrack. I would uh, be I a little first pissed Otter.
2: off, to be perfectly honest with you. I think if I were Aerosmith and this was my number one, my first number one. their first number one? I yeah. think I'd be a little pissed off.
0: I just can't believe that none of their none of the stuff like back in the saddle, none of that stuff. Like, I mean, they were like quintessential classic rock when quintessential classic rock ruled the charts. Right. And, and they didn't hit number one with any of that stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, um, yes, they
0: did. Good. good number four, How Deep Is Your Love by Drew Hill featuring Redman. I don't know if that's Ooh. a BG's cover or not. I'm going to say probably not.
2: I don't think so, but I remember the song, and it was, it was good. I, yeah. I was definitely, yeah. I when had, they say I,
0: deep, are they, are they talking about what I think they're talking about?
2: <laughs> no, that's, that's my take.
0: That is not child-appropriate. Uh, number Where five lodge, baby. Uh, is a song called Crush by Jennifer Page, and I don't remember this one don't at know what that is. all. Um, oh, no, no, this is Just a Little Crush. crush yeah, I remember that one. Mm, I don't know. My rendition notwithstanding, this was a fun what little pop song. Oh. <laughs> uh, number six, I'll Be by Edwin McCain. Ooh. Oh, hell was, yeah. This that a was crusher. a good one, man. Jim, I know you love this song.
1: Meow meow meow
2: meow meow. This is a great one.
0: That was a great one. It's a one, good
2: man. song for 98 though. It's like it, it's a weird one in the mix of what was happening like right now if you look at this list.
1: Doesn't matter when that sync song came out, it was going to be a hit. Yeah. It was Dude, a timeless it still like timeless pop song. Any
2: any any sort of medical or hospital based show you're going to hear this song.
1: <laughs> well, Sure. You know uh, what?
2: Any, any, you know, the, it's, it's very specific, it, and like, yeah, this dude is just still raking it. In.
1: When I, when I first heard that song, all I could think of is that Brian Adams wrote it.
2: Oh, that's a good. Yeah, we've talked. Did about he? This.
0: That was Brian Adams wrote that. Nah, song? I, no, I know, but that's all. No, I could think. Oh, it, it sounds oh, like it sounds like a bridge like of his catalog. Yeah. For yeah. for me, like, it's just his the vocal tone is just perfect. Yeah, like his and
1: the bridge. The, oh God, the bridge.
0: Well, the bridge is good, but I. I I just mean like it, for that song, the way his voice sounds could not be any more perfect. It's just this mixture of like remorse and pining and jealousy and, and just every like it just it's all just in his tone. It's all conveyed. It, it just you couldn't he could not have sang it better. Where was it in the charts? What number? Was, uh, this six was number six right this now. week. It peaked at number five. From five, okay. Which makes sense. I don't see this being a number one hit, but that makes sense. Should have been.
2: No, to be in the mix. Though, I'm just saying. Right now in '98, huh? that's a quality, quality song yeah. to be thrown in there.
0: Still good. Always appropriate. Yeah.
2: It's gonna be forever
0: timeless. Timeless quality.
2: Timeless. Thank you, Edmund. I
1: throw sense. it into a category with the, um, the kid. For, um, it was the son of Bachman Turner. Um, that did that. Kathleen um,
2: Turner Overdrive.
1: She's so high, oh, high yeah. above me. She's yeah. so lovely. It's kind of it kind of fits in that category a little bit. It does. Yeah.
2: Well, that was around the same time. There's that there was and, and there's that. the um. But it doesn't. That song didn't have the who does power. The, I think
1: is who does the. Uh, Everything Oh um uh, Rock-a-bye. Rock-a-bye. Rockabye. That's um, um, yeah,
0: Rock-a-bye. Is Sean he, Sean, uh Sean Colvin. Sean Col Sean Colvin. Sean Mullen. No, Sean Mullen. Mullen's Sean Mullen's, 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 yeah. Yeah.
2: Actually, yeah, Sean Sean, Sean Colvin is a lady. Yes.
0: Sean Mullen. I've met Sean Colvin actually. Yeah.
2: She's um, very cool and brass. Nice. don't know what that means. <sighs> she likes to uh, she likes to tell it how it is. Just <laughs> but but like a
1: good just like you, Brian.
0: Just
2: like you. Uh, no
0: nonsense.
2: Pretty sure All that's right. not what I'm going for, but
0: like. <laughs> number seven, this kiss by Faith Hill. Remember that one? This kiss, this kiss. This kiss.
1: Yeah, no, yeah.
2: That's, Shania Twain. that's Shania Twain?
0: No, that's well, Faith then,
2: what the House. hell is I'm this sorry.
1: one? <laughs> I'm kidding. I was Oh. Sorry. Um, that was so... not funny, Brian.
2: Yeah, not that was funny. Some... Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I'll oh, add crap. that part out after. That was
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> leave it in. That's for the um, joy eight, a whole different. Thing. That was that was the best part. Number eight uh, because of you by ninety eight degrees. I don't remember this one. Yeah. But wasn't that was that Nick Lachey? Was he ninety eight degrees? Ninety eight uh, degrees. Was this the guy yeah. who married Jessica Simpson? Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety eight. Yeah. Yep. There was someone like O Town. I thought he was O Town.
0: I don't know that he wasn't. <laughs> I could be wrong. Really, don't know. Um, number nine is a song called "Touch It" by Monifa. M O N I. Inappropriate. I don't remember yeah, that at me. all. Touch it, Monifa. I I, and I apologize for that. that was good people don't remember it. <laughs> um, number ten is "Time After Time" by I'm going to say E-Naj, Inoj. E-Naj. Yeah, that's the only thing I N O J. Inoj. Time after time, I don't know if that is a Cindy Lauper cover or not. I don't remember that one. I feel like if it was Cindy Lauper cover. I wait, that might be a. Uh, hold on one second. Let me just see. That might be a cover because there was definitely a cover. Um, Hold on.
1: Earlier when you mentioned uh, True Colors, I think that that song was actually written. That
0: is a cover. I remember this. This was from the Romeo oh, yeah. and Michelle's High School Reunion soundtrack.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: This was the version from the soundtrack.
1: I love Ginny nice. yep. and Garofalo with her cigarettes for the lady on the go. They just smoke right down real fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this one has like a, it, it has a, a hi-hat that makes it tempo faster. Like, da 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 But, um, yeah, I remember that. Um, Not as good as the original, but no. it's a great song. How are you going to fuck that song up? Stay true to good it. Good
2: for its, it's placement fine. and
1: time. The Hooters guy wrote those songs, I think. The guy from the Hooters. We talked about.
0: That. Yeah, he did,
2: right?
1: Which I think he wrote "True Colors." I don't know if he wrote that.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about this as well at some point.
1: What's yes. what's number ten? Will <laughs> I got
2: a place? That was page. it.
0: That was number ten. That was ah, number ten. For Pete's. Sake. That's it. We're done. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimbo has filed his nails. I just watched him do it. He's got to <laughs> get out of here because apparently, when you file your nails, you're ready to sing karaoke. That is a truth. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want you don't want me scratching up that mic. You know nah. they take a deposit when they hand I'm it to
2: glad you. you I'm glad you brought attention to this because I was really holding back. While no, the reality done. is I was biting them Filing the whole time we're doing this thing. And so they're all jagged.
1: <laughs> I've been biting them the whole time we're doing this podcast. So I had to like so file you're a them nail down. biter though. That's why. All, that's right. Been, yeah. all right, all
0: right, I got away from it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that's the whole show. Thank you again so much for joining us. Until we meet again, always. Always be better and get a victory every day.
3: Everything is-